Following the November 8th BLM protest, students took the lead in re-establishing West High's Black Student Union. Ripping out pages from her notebook in the Little Theater, Ms. Renal Jolly, class of 22, decided it was time to turn students' words and emotions into action. Following a meeting with West administration that many students felt was going nowhere, Bernadetta Kariyuki, class of 22, recalls sitting beside El Jolly in confusion. I asked her what she was doing and she told me that she wanted to protest around the school and just have people like write on them. So we went back in the little theater and we started writing. Shortly after, Annie Gudenkoff, West High student family advocate, brought them more materials to use. Once the posters were complete, El Jolly stood outside the little theater to pass them out. Soon, students raised their handmade signs, sparking the protest that would soon ignite the recreation of West's Black Student Union. Forming the BSU, the BSU leaders, including co-president Maria Kazuke, class of 22, stressed its necessity at West High. I felt that a lot of us felt like we have no control or no power. And so by establishing the BSU, we were like, okay, well, if they can't, obviously we can't rely on other people to give us power, so we're going to empower ourselves. After a video of a student making threatening racist remarks surfaced on social media, West High administration held a meeting in the Little Theater the following Monday, November 8th, to provide a quote, safe space to discuss and process the harm this has caused, according to a school-wide email sent out on the Sunday before. However, for students like Rowan Babaker, class of 2025, the meeting was not enough. It got to a point where people had to physically show that their anger and how frustrated they were and like take matters into their own hands. After co-president Ojali initiated the poster making and protesting, the group grew. With posters ready, they began marching around the school shouting Black Lives Matter, and calling for justice. The group of students continued to grow as they marched through the school, went to the front lawn, and made their way to the cafeteria during a lunch. They used lunch tables as their stage and made their voices heard. BSU's athletic affairs advisor, Talia Achoa, class of 22, describes how she felt through, throughout the march. It was empowering walking around and seeing, like, knowing that people had to be hearing us, even if they were ignoring us, they had to because we were all right there and we were all on our face and no one could no longer say, like, we didn't know what's happening, we don't know what's going on, you guys aren't actually being targeted or anything, when we all get together and we all show, like, how many people are actually affected and hurt by these things. After gathering in the cafeteria, the protesters met in the Little Theater again for B-Lunch. The congregation of black students in the school for the protest created a sense of unity that Karayuki, social media coordinator of the BSU, had not experienced before. The first time I actually felt, like, unified in this school, because I've never really felt connected so much at West to like other students, but like I felt like at that time it felt really connecting. And I was just like really proud of us at the end. After the protests, members of the ICCSD Equity Board met with the students in the Little Theater to listen to their experiences. Hearing these testimonies made the soon-to-be BSU leaders realize there was more to be done. Kazembe brought up the idea of reforming the BSU and she and El Jolly, along with Karyuki and Ochola, united to take action. Like I guess we were all just filled with emotion and like we actually like, realized like things need to change at that moment and like only way that it's going to change is if we continue to do things like protest and use our voice and we can't just leave it up to the administration and going to our teachers and it's just not enough so we have to do something ourselves as a student-led organization. Throughout the day some students viewed the protests in a negative light. 
Fights broke out that afternoon, leading to rumors linking them to the protest. However, these conflicts were unrelated to the protest. None of us were violent, and I think that sometimes, like, yes, okay, like, some, like the um, protest, it was a little bit disruptive, but has our learning not also been disrupted, like, through threats um, in the hallways? online like it doesn't matter where we black black students go we're always just being threatened shortly after the first november protest the four leaders took their work and ideas and went with the list high administration they laid out expectations regarding meetings and communication with, with administration and connected with other community members such as the northwest junior high bsu advisor taylor scudder what is the bsu the first BSU was founded in 1966 at San Francisco State University as a part of the Black Campus Movement, aiming to reform higher education. Eventually, their mission shifted towards a common goal for all Black student unions, to unify and empower Black students in the struggle for equality. Ojali believes that even though progress towards equality has been made, a BSU continues to be crucial today in fighting back as people become confident in their ignorance. Just Jim Crow is not a thing anymore just because the things that used to be in our faces aren't in our faces anymore and it's just hidden systematically doesn't mean that things got all the way better. West High had a BSU last year, which held meetings online due to COVID-19. Former social studies teacher Amira Nash was the advisor. However, once Nash left for a job at the University of Iowa, the BSU disbanded. Now, the newly reestablished BSU operates differently than last year's. Meetings are in person and student-led. I think it was a student effort. I mean, certainly there was a BSU last year um, that Mrs. Na Miss Nash um, created, and she and she as the adult was the um, the organizer in that case. But in this case, it was like it was all student led, and you know they're just saying they just <clears throat> told us um, you know this is something that we need to feel supported, and this is something that we need that Black students at West need, um, and we were just like, all right, let's make it happen. Part of the BSU's purpose is to create a support system for Black students in the form of meetings where they can be around each other and feel like themselves. This is why some meetings are for black students only while some welcome allies. The first BSU meeting occurred during AFT in the Little Theater November 19th. After the meeting, some BSU members participated in a district-wide walkout to the Pentecost, marching and chanting with posters to raise awareness about racism in the district. Prior to the walkout, West administration sent an email to staff and parents expressing their support of students' rights to protest and use their voice. The BSU's next meeting was dedicated to mental health. The meeting was for black students only where they watched Netflix, had snacks, made bracelets, and played card games. There was also a restorative justice circle for anyone who wanted to talk about the events happening at school and to have a support system in processing them. Kazembe feels this meeting created a necessary place for students to just be kids. And it's sad that they have to look, like, look for places to just be themselves, yes. but it's, I'm happy that I can see people who I've never seen smile before smile, and I can see people who I've never, not that I've like, not that they've never done it, but that have I've never seen genuinely laugh laugh. I'm just so happy that they have a place to be their their true authentic selves. The BSU is meant to be a safe space for Black students of all different identities, and embrace that being Black does not have a definite look. The BSU is for everybody who supports Black students who supports. You know, not only just black students, but queer black students, Muslim black students, you know, um, Asian black students. Like, there's so many intersectionalities that, that go into it. 
and there's so many things that go into it that I want people to recognize, um, you know, because being black looks a lot, how do I say it? Being black, it does not look like one thing. It looks like many things. It comes in many shapes and forms of people. Along with providing a sense of community, the BSU is advocating for black students within the district. Through the formative process, the BSU continues to meet with administration as well as attend school board meetings. Often, board members or workers in the district will ask the leaders for clear examples of things students have experienced to gauge the problems and better formulate solutions. To do this, the leaders share students' testimonies with permission. Kiriyuki wants people to know the BSU strives to make a difference and acknowledges part of that may have to be through making some noise. We're here to make like a difference and we're also here to peacefully make a difference. So we've never ever tried to do anything violent or we've never purposely like tried to upset anybody. But we also know that by upsetting people is the way that we're gonna get change. Part of the BSU's advocacy for change is done through protests such as the walkout. It saddens karaoke to hear about peers who feel the protests are only a disturbance. I feel like the reason why they also feel that way is just because the school has just done such a poor job of like expressing how and being like transparent with like the problems within West. So I wouldn't necessarily just blame them, but would also encourage them to like try and understand why we've done stuff like that. Aljali agrees that administration has not been transparent. However, she believes there has been improvement since the BSU began meeting with administrators. Through protests and meetings, the BSU leaders hope to raise awareness for racial injustices students are not aware of. I mean, a big thing is awareness because I know like I've heard so many people say like that doesn't actually happen who are also white people. So it's like, yeah, it doesn't happen to you. Yeah. Some people are still just going to want to live in that ignorance to ignore the fact that they are the problem. Pathway hurdles. Before starting the BSU or even initiating the protest, the BSU leaders faced their own share of racism throughout their high school years. It's not exactly what people say directly to you, but it's just the way that people look at you or people treat you um, that they might not understand that they're doing intentionally, or they might not understand that they're even doing. They might not even be doing it intentionally, but just having to prove yourself and then not really. Um, thinking that you deserve to be in the class, or they're not thinking that you're smart enough to be in the class, or they're not thinking that you're gonna do the workload of it. And I feel like for the first two days that you're in, in AP class, you just have to really like measure up. Yeah. Measure up to your classmates, and like measure up to your teacher's expectations. Oljali believes the social culture of microaggressions, along with systemic issues, have led to different high school experiences based on race. She sees the negative mental, and educational impacts these can have on students of color. It makes it a lot harder for students to learn when their own teachers don't believe in them and say things like, oh, you're going to end up working at McDonald's when you grow up. It also just causes pressure on black students to conform to the stereotypes that are around in our school. Head, class of 2000 West graduate and person of color, understands the need for students of color to sometimes disrupt the learning environment. It's hard, it's hard being a student of color in, a, in a, an institution that historically has marginalized them. You know? As black students at West High, there are many challenges that come at the expense of their education. Principal Mitch Gross assures that the administration does its best to address racially motivated actions 
although they cannot give details on these occurrences. This is because every administrator is bound by the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, or FERPA. It prohibits us from talking about specific discipline. It prohibits us from talking about uh, specific students who have done things. However, the lack of transparency the law requires can be frustrating for many students. They won't be able to reach a, like peace, they won't be able to come to their senses about what happens, and they won't feel as if they're being comforted at all. These feelings of dismissal from administrators can be attributed partially to the difficulties the BSU face in securing a Friday AFT meeting time. With the required district-wide social-emotional learning lessons taking place during that time, it was difficult to schedule Friday meetings. According to Aljali, the administration also initially restricted them to one meeting per month, but after some discussion, a weekly meeting time and place were established. Along with establishment challenges, the BSU leaders have also faced backlash. Ochola has received anonymous death threats via social media and feels unsafe because of them. I think safety is a really big one because we're not only worried for ourselves, but also we know that we're putting ourselves at risk, but we're for our members at times. And allowing, we want them to have that space to speak in those interviews, to talk in and share their, like, their testimonies and everything like that, but ensuring that they know that the possible backlash that could happen with that is tough. Oljali also received social media threats, which went as far as telling her they would kill her or hang the BSU leaders. The school alerted the Iowa City Police Department, or the ICPD, and an incident report was filed November 12th. According to Ojali, she left voicemails for an officer to follow up on the investigation, but those messages went unreturned. The West Side Story reached out to the ICPD and the officer. As of press time, the officer did not respond, but an ICPD representative wrote in an email, quote, the ICPD is not always able to speak on the details of an investigation. We cannot disclose the identities of juveniles involved in an investigation, whether they are the victim, witness, or suspect. The ICPD always has the safety of students and the community as a top priority and investigates all reports made to us with the spirit of serving and protecting victims of a crime. With the publicity of the protests and BSU formation, the BSU leaders found themselves and their efforts placed under a spotlight, with many new organizations reaching out about interviews and teachers pressuring black students about whether they will protest during class. Although Karayuki feels a significant amount of pressure from the attention the BSU receives, she believes it is worth it to continue to work towards their goals. Some of it just becomes a little bit nerve-wracking, but like we understand that like we're doing something that's very important and it's okay to be nervous. These factors, as well as the struggles that black students face on a day-to-day -day basis, can take a toll on their mental health. I think, quite frankly, it's been exhausting for, for a lot of the, the kids involved. Um, plus just the exhaustion of, of going through, you know, going through the school experience as a student of color. The, the most important thing to keep in mind is we all want the same thing. With these challenges, having supportive teachers and allies in the school is increasingly important to BSU members. Standing with the BSU. After the video surfaced and the protest occurred, it was difficult for some to return to the mindset needed for classes due to their mental well-being and discomfort around certain teachers and students. Karaoke feels teachers were more focused on the fact that students had missed their classes than supporting students' efforts and checking in on their mental health. Sometimes you have to put school as a second priority and coming back to school where teachers are like not supportive and they're just kind of taking it personally really does make it harder for us to do things that we need to do because this is something that we need to do. 
So um, teachers offering that space and letting you know that they're on your side and just also respecting boundaries, of course, um, that would really help. Some of the best ways the leaders believe teachers can support the black students and show that their classroom is a safe space is to so show solidarity by putting up the black students are not target signs or the sign on the inside cover of this issue on their classroom door. The BSU leaders believe teachers should reach out to black students and be understanding when students miss classes for protests. Karifi also hopes they will not fall into the mindset that protests of this nature are excessive or a disturbance. When I hear that they're just like saying like it's a disruption, so they're just really just getting the surface of everything and they're not even digging deeper to like what we're saying and like they're, it kind of just seems like they're like purposely like ignoring us. Leaders also encourage teachers to share information directly or open a space for BSU members to talk about upcoming protests and meetings. Sharing information and spreading the message of the BSU is something that not only teachers can do, but so can students. The leaders encourage raising awareness and promoting the BSU by following their social media account on Instagram, at ICWestBSU, and share their posts. Anyone can be involved in the movement regardless of race, and allies are appreciated. Babaker emphasizes the importance of not letting racism slip by, especially in the presence of peers. Check your friends. As a white ally, you have to check your friends and like tell them it's not okay to like say racist stuff, stereotypes, colorism. Don't don't let them get away with it. Along with actively standing up against racism, Kazembe feels that just checking in on black friends, especially in the light of recent racist events, can go a long way. I mean, I think it'd be really good for everybody to check in on their on their like black friends because our mental health has not been considered in the past. It shows a lot of your character if you're going to reach out for, to like individuals um, who have been hurting in, in the past. One of the biggest goals of the BSU is changing the social culture surrounding race in school, the tolerance of racism by individuals, and the internal biases that some staff members may have. A big part of this, Carrie could describes, is better equipping teachers with more knowledge regarding race. Part of it too is in, in insulating, implementing um, like teacher training and like you know racial sensitivity and mm -hmm. just like learning about that, which they already have, but like um, it isn't enforced well enough, which is why there are still problems. Head recognizes that a big part of creating change will be in training and creating culturally responsive educators which has been something the administration has been working on before the protests. However, an obstacle to this is the Iowa law HF802, which prevents staff from receiving certain implicit bias training they had had in the past. Another of Ochoa's goals for the BSU is to implement more definitive and specific disciplinary actions for racism. Just like if a student uses their phone three times in class, it gets taken away, there should be a standard set of consequences for each incident of racism. She hopes this will help secure a more safe school environment. According to Gross, the school follows certain disciplinary actions based on a handbook entitled Disciplinary Protocols and Procedures, which contains instructions and consequences based on the issue. We're a serious organization and we want to take action and we want to see action taken and we want to make sure that all schools, not only West High, is actually a safe place for black students and it actually does promote equality and doesn't stand for racism. One of the ways the BSU is working to ensure the, that West High is a safe and receptive environment for black students is by working with other schools in the area. The BSU leaders hope to inspire other black students beyond West High and across the district to start or continue their own BSU. 
They've gone to Northwest Junior High to connect with the black students and their BSU as well as Liberty High and City High to help them start or restart their own BSU. They're also working to connect their BSU members to older role models, which they can draw their own inspirations from, like students attending historically black colleges and universities. We kind of just like, you know, thought of it as a large scope of like, just like doing stuff for like racial injustice for black people everywhere and like future generations that are going to come to us. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know, it just like, it just like further inspires us to keep doing what we're doing. Eldrali is passionate about the work the BSU is doing and emphasizes how important the community has been for her. The BSU means the world to me. I feel like with the BSU, I have been able to help and reach out to the most students I've ever been able to do so throughout my high school career. Looking towards the future, Kazembe is determined that the BSU will always be present to provide black students a platform to speak and not to be judged for who they are and the experiences that they've had. I want them to know that we are 100% here for them. Like, this is not like a show, you know? This is like gonna be here tomorrow, it's gonna be here the next day, it's gonna be here in a month, next year we're still gonna be here. Like, we are here to make change and we're not gonna stop until we get that change.